Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Geek Shock. There's no possibility of okay. old Mumra appearing in the ever-living. It's kind of there. That <laughs> yeah, was that's... really bad. That was really bad. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, not trying as hard as I probably should have, and then I just made Didn't my care? throat. Oh. Yeah. Do you want okay. to try oh, as God. hard as you could have? Oh, God. Nah, no? I'm good. <laughs> I, sure? I, I still remember uh, the episode where, <laughs> Jeff, you... You poor bastard, you got something in the back of your throat. Oh, yeah. And you you sounded like you were crying about Alf. It was Alf. Oh, that's right. And and he's just like, (laughs) I'm just so distraught because it was Alf and they were trying to bring him back and he didn't come back because he's a piece of shit. It was fucking killing me. Like, oh, I'm so sorry he's choking, but goddamn, that's funny. (laughs) Welcome to Geek Shock, everybody. Number, what is it, 456? Yep. Four, five, six. Four, five, six. I am Master Torgo. 80s, wait, 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 wait. Commander K- like- What? You motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were getting close to like 500 or something. Or like 400 or something. No, we, it was we in the passed, 90s. We passed 400 a while ago. And we're a bit away from 500. That was like 493 or something. We're like, like last close week. to a year away from 500. <laughs> okay. Uh, go <laughs> ahead. But, sorry. But, but no, way to, way to crash the introductions. <laughs> <laughs> that great. Now we have to start over, Matt. Thanks. All right. All right. I, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. <laughs> now, wait a minute. <laughs> May believe Matt. The Ace of Knaves. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and me. all right what we have here this is not the great muppet caper where it's like starring everybody and me and me and me and me and me and me that me was justin ace of maves matt the two broke geeks from the two broke geeks podcast gentlemen yeah Yeah. everybody a combining of two worlds for your ear hole pleasure whoa Oh boy! We're gonna be giving you oral in your ear holes. Oral, 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 moral, oral. Did anybody ever watch that show, Moral Oral? No, it was I watched terrible. one episode uh, that was just like something about a prostitute, and that's all I remember. Like that's it. That's all you need. That's all. Yeah. Because it was based on that old religious program, Davy and Goliath. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Davy and Goliath would have their little Christian adventures, yep. and for a short time, Adult Swim did their own version called Moral Oral, mm. and I only know it exists on DVD somewhere now, mm. but I've never watched it. I don't know why I thought of it. it just, I, that I just happened. Because I said oral. So those who don't know the Two Broke Geeks podcast, gentlemen, tell us about your show. Uh, well, it's kind of like this one. It only... is. It kind of is. Uh, it's just the two of us, and we just make it when we try. We make it when we try, and yeah, because you two once in a while we tell dick and fart jokes, and, and then stories about when I shit my pants. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Always a fine story. Yes, as Paul will attest. <laughs> <laughs> now you two, good friends, going way back. Yeah, yep. about Aww. ten plus. Oh years. God, yeah, it's been like ten years. Yeah, or more. And now each of you on one side of the coast one's on east coast one's west coast yeah these these days yes yeah all right yes 
So when where can people catch a podcast? Uh, they can catch us on pretty much any streaming app, Google Play, Apple, like Two Broke Geeks. Uh, we also host our podcast on our website called Atomic Geekdom. Yep. But you can easily find us www.twobrokegeeks.com. That's the number two. Yes, the yep. number two. Yep. Number yes. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're on all all media, uh, all media spots. If you want to follow us on Instagram, Twitter at Two BG Pod. Yep. Facebook. Yep. You can find us there. We're the only ones. Just yeah. us. Just us. Just the two of us. All right. Just the two of us. Ooh. We can make it if we try. Sorry, I'm not no, going to keep I'm doing just, that. No, I'm getting into it. I'm getting <laughs> into it. You and I. Thank you. Really. Thank you, yeah, Jeff. Yeah. That was better than your mom, bro. Oh, thanks. <laughs> wow. Better than your mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... I know Matt's been on the show before. Justin, this is your first uh, time on the show. It's my first time, yes. Uh, have you been to Vegas before? No, this is my first time to Vegas wow. as well. So today was your first time in Vegas. Yep. What did you experience in Vegas I for mean, the first time? I mean, the way I described it when Matt and I we were walking around, it's like, I, it's uh, it's very enjoyable. I really enjoy like the aesthetics. Like, uh, you don't so, hear that very often. Well, uh, well like, from someone like me who originally comes from like a very small town in the middle of... Vermont, like in the, this tiny, like 200 plus like town where it's like literally like four houses and then mostly cow farms. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's very true. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's nice to leave, to go like, visit. we are different than that. Yes. Very different. Uh, I don't know. I <laughs> Disneyland I mean, for adults. Yeah, you said exactly. I thought I'm like, this is Disneyland for adults. Uh, it's you got a castle. Like, you got a castle. Know. There's roller coasters. And roller coasters. Like, I was like, I'm ready. I'll move in. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> like, but no, I, I've been really enjoying it except for the 16 Cokes, uh, from around the world. Thing oh, Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Coke, yeah. Okay. Not that Coke. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That was a different it's day. It's like, wow, he went full Vegas. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, that used to be this whole big experience where you'd go in and uh, there were multiple floors and they had all kinds of Coke oh, memorabilia. God. And it was kind of like a walk down Coke memory lane. Yep. And then you got to like the final floor before it went into the shop. And they had the sodas from all over the world. And they had, what, 50 or 60 different sodas from around the world and Something you could try right. them all that seems extreme i don't know if there were that many it was there were a lot they I have mean, a lot they, they only have like i think the flavors rotate because up on their board yeah. it said current uh current world tour flavors or something yeah. like that and it's written written that coca chalk on a blackboard yeah. is that coca-cola world right yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know and I, I i had justin try beverly from italy which is no i never again <laughs> never it's an experience in and of itself really? worse uh, the Italians love a good bitter aperitif. Oh, but it's it's, it's like chewing aspirin. It's 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 bad. So Beverly's from all over the world are like. All right. Aw. So if you're having a heart attack, go to Italy. Oh, or yeah. Coke. yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't mess around. That's run. Right. Take the Concord. Oh wait. Yeah. Go go from your your local Olive Garden straight to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it used to be the Coke World, all that was self-serve. Yeah. So it was just like a half-moon circle of all just self-serve machines. Yeah. So you just got to pick up a little cup, take a little squirt, and then try it, throw it away, blah, 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 and go back for the flavors you like mm-hmm. and watch everyone who took the Beverly. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that was that one machine that had that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And that was the most disastrous thing I've ever had, <laughs> ever. Wow. 
And there's, there's Coca-Cola worlds all over the place. I know there's one in Orlando outside oh, probably, of Disney. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I thought they were all shut down except for the one in Atlanta now. I'm pretty sure there's one in Orlando. Okay. Just because of, of the myriad of people that I watch make YouTube videos about going to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going to Disney Village or whatever it's called now. Okay. We've got our... R sixteen Cokes, yeah, yeah. I watched those. Okay, the, all the stuff they took from our world of Coca Cola, they moved to Atlanta. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Basically, that. did a recreation of what they had here. Oh, say so. The only place you can get that old experience. Is, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, what else you do today besides uh, go Coke sampling? Yeah, I mean, we just went around uh, all the hotels. You had never seen them before, and they're all, you know. Different, and they all have something different to to check out and look at, and go through the shops, and you know the, how everything is designed. Oh, look, we're outside. The sky is painted on the ceiling, and all that good shit. So. <laughs> right? Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you do Vegas the first time, what the, I what I suggest anybody do is just go to the strip, go out front of whatever hotel you're staying at, if it's on the strip, and take a direction and just walk. Yeah. yeah. We. I mean, That's we just walked it. from the Rio down to the strip, and then walked up and down the strip for a couple hours, and. There's nothing more fun than that walk from the strip to the Rio in the dark. No, no, I don't think so. There's enough homeless people on that bridge in the daytime. That right. It, yeah, there was like that one that we almost ran into like on the way back. Yeah, and talking to himself. Kind of. yeah. <laughs> and the crazy. You gotta go sometime. <laughs> the crazy pedestrian bridge that yeah, like yeah, yeah. darts like south. Yep, or, excuse yep. me, goes north. Weird and then makes like a big U turn and then that thing. There's a guy living in the corner of it. He's got like his uh, box house set up. Yeah, yeah. Felt bad for him. It's not a place I would want to be outside all day. But yeah, Yeah, because in Vegas you can't just go direct on the sidewalk from one point to another. They have to route you around the traffic on the Mm -hmm. pedestrian bridges. So it goes. Yeah, it goes like this crazy like V pattern. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. I was working at uh, this awful couponing job. (laughs) What do you mean? That was a glorious. That was glorious. glorious. It was fun watching watching the the scammers set up their three card montes. <laughs> oh, the, the spotters and everything. Yeah, yeah it, it, and it was it would it it's a complex fucking operation. <laughs> oh yeah, right. You know, it's yep, like yep. a dozen people are are setting that thing up. It was amazing. A lot of people who listen to the show also listen to Penn and Teller's well Penn Sunday School. Yeah, everyone who follows Penn and Teller knows. You can never beat the Monty. No. No, so never play it. Yes. And the people cheering and winning, they're actually plants, too. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole, like yep. Kay said, whole operation. It's a huge operation. And it's funny because they show up a few minutes early. They're all standing, talking to each other, blah, blah, blah. And then they just slowly start setting. And yep. then the guy sets up the crates. And then all of a sudden, they're strangers. <laughs> and they're playing and winning. It, it it was just, yeah. I mean that that's my that's the fun I had. Yeah, yeah. Matt had the the pooping on the bridge, but <laughs> oh, that's right. That was awesome. <laughs> that homeless guy taking a shit right in the middle. <laughs> I watched because I was like, more, I was like, really? Is this happening? <laughs> is this happening in Vegas? It sure is. Oh well. And then, and then he just stood there <laughs> and waited. I didn't warn anybody. I wanted to see what happens. It's like clerks too. Like it's so disgusting, but I can't look away. I'm disgusting. And my God, some guy comes along, looking up, taking photos. He shouldn't have been looking up. And these expensive shoes, like from 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 heel to toe. <laughs> oh. All of a sudden, just wait a minute. There's no dog here. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, oh, Matt, yeah. Matt made sure he knew. Yeah, and, and after the, the homeless guy noticed I was looking at him, and he was like, <laughs> hee hee, when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> and then he walked away, and I was like, I guess he's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, wait. So when, when Expensive Shoe Man... <laughs> Steamrolled this. Oh, he was pissed. <laughs> and he you did what? Pissed. Uh, he oh, said wow. something like, "He said something like, like a dog," and I was like, "That is no dog." <laughs> and the realization hit him like a ton of shit. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, he went from pissed off to just staring at me blankly, like, "Really? Wait, this minute. isn't a dog. This is a, oh. this is what happened to me today." <laughs> Do you want me to take a picture for Instagram? <laughs> oh, that was funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Well, I mean, Justin got here today, so I did him four or five times. Woo! I mean, <laughs> got oh, past the time wow, in Vegas. Wow, yeah. wow. They haven't yeah. seen each other in a while, guys. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a long time. Yeah. It's been like five months. Yeah, it's been a long <laughs> yeah. time. So, there was that. Uh, oh, man. Jeff, if you haven't done it, go to the, is it called The Void? Now this yeah, is we, talk, we were just talking yeah. about this at dinner. Yeah. The, the void. We yeah, we went by it today that. and didn't even notice it. That's that's what'll happen because it's not. <laughs> oh, it's amazing! Yeah. Amazing. But I mean, I it just it. as far as like yeah. the store frontage area, that just oh, yeah. it's so nondescript. You'll walk right past it. Void's five a pretty times. good name. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, oh, it, I don't know. I was flying here yesterday, so I read for five or six hours. That was pretty awesome. What you reading so, right now? I'm reading uh, the King of Plagues by Jonathan Mayberry. You are taking the Joe Ledger round. Yeah, well, I had actually read uh, um, Code Zero quite uh, quite a ways before I finally got to uh, King of Plagues. Or not King of Plagues. Uh, uh, shit, what was the name of that second one there? Uh, Dragon Factory. I yes. And then I uh, kind of got off on other reading tangents. And then I just got done reading Dragon Factory not too long ago. And so now I'm reading King of Plagues. Um, yeah, I'm if, enjoying if, it. If Sounds you like a Nurgle like, book. It isn't. But I can okay. see where you're coming from on that. Yeah. Shall we talk about Warhammer? No. Oh, okay. Warhammer. Well, uh... No, if, if you like <laughs> Jack Bauer in your action-oriented X-Files, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that uh, Joe series yeah, is really good. That was he's a like, hell of a mashup he's there. He's like <laughs> shooting aliens and uh, torturing them and stuff? Not till the no. sixth. Oh, I was going to say, I haven't uh, gotten that far. Right now, he's just trying giant. to stop a uh, global pandemic based on the... Uh, Ten plague, uh, ten plagues of Egypt to oh, destabilize wow. the world economy. So he's like holding yeah. a petri dish and he's got the gun and he's like, you sort of, fucking kill bit, me. Yeah. It's getting that way. Blow your ass off. <laughs> I mean, the first one was about uh, a, a potential zombie outbreak, and the, the second cool. one involved like creating like actual Loch Ness monsters and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Licensing man, the mm-hmm. pandemic game. They ought to pick this uh, IP up. Yeah, maybe. I, I know they he had the op. They were actually moving forward on a TV series. There was a TV series, series in the. It's been in a, for a while. Yeah, I haven't but, heard anything about it, it for it a fell long apart. time. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, um, I will say for the this for the Joe Ledger books, they get better as they go along, and they start out really good. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. And uh, let's see what else did I do this week. I started Iron Fist. Didn't finish it. Season uh, two of Iron yeah. Fist. Oh, that's uh, not a good one review. No. Is it, is it no. same? Is it as bad as the first? Well, step? I don't know. Justin finished it, so you'll have to ask him. <sighs> Justin, what do you think of uh, season two of Iron it's, Fist? It's it's much better than the first season. I give uh-huh. it I give it that much credit, but not by much. hard to be worst. It, it it has I like I didn't care for the guy playing Danny Rand. I don't 
I don't care for him at all. And he was less whiny in this, sort of. <laughs> uh, because it mostly re- kind of revolved more around, like, the women. And which, like, Colleen Wing and Misty Knight have a lot that they do in this they series. They were probably my favorite part of the first series. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much. And the, there's, like, I don't know. Have any of you guys gone through it? Not the second I, season. Not the second season. Because I don't want to say too much. But basically, Oh, like, you can spoil it. I have no intention. No, for our listeners' sake, don't spoil it. <laughs> exactly. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, Jeff, just Jeff, yourself. Yeah, like, like, so, but the way, the only thing I will say is by the end of it, it it does some stuff that is going to make it at least more interesting. But at the same time, I think I wrote on Facebook, like, okay, I see where they're going, but this ending was bullshit. Oh. Like, the way they went about it. And I think it's because it's 10 episodes instead of it's a usual, like, 13. Okay. And so it felt like the last, like, half was kind of crammed to like get to this particular point. So, so after season after season of different Marvel series feeling like 7 stretched into 13, <laughs> this felt like 13 compressed into 10. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. Can't find huh. a happy medium, can we? <laughs> Hey, I, of, of I thought Cage Two, like every the majority of Luke Cage Two was fantastic. Yeah, I Luke Cage Two them. was. Uh, is that your favorite one of the uh, No, I Punisher like... is very much my favorite. Mm, I'm all Jessica Jones. Jessica like, Jones is fantastic. Yeah. It's so good, but like something about Punisher is like the way they John Bernthal does it is just. I thought it was also one of the better paced. I've, yeah. I've seen other people say they thought it was pretty boring. I I disagree. I but whatever. Yeah. 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 Whatever, but honestly, all up to taste. Yeah, but honestly, Cage Two, like Bushmaster, was like one of my favorite characters to watch. Hmm. I thought he was very intriguing, uh, and then like the whole pace of what what's happening with Cage. But the one thing I am gonna say that I'm getting sick of with all these, and I know why they're doing it, but I'm so sick of gang wars. Like the last couple seasons have always been like Cage is breaking up gang wars, and then Iron Fist. Rev- there's a backstory of since the hand's gone. Kung Fu fights, uh, a lot of Kung Fu, like a lot of different gangs coming through, taking mm-hmm. over what the hand had, uh, and I don't know. It just gets so. It's, it's like there's a. I know they imagined all these series as these are street level heroes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, but it's they this, don't have anywhere to go with the street level heroes. Yeah, but gangs. They just <laughs> wow. right. they're no. just like okay, ninja gangs. Okay, we got the drug gangs. Like, uh, oh, I can hardly wait till they go full warriors. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, the baseball furies. Fucking <laughs> shit. They got bats and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Defenders, come out and play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's who, what who Defenders can play 2 is going to be. Uh, the barbershop guy from Luke Cage. He could play Cyrus. Yeah, he could. Yeah, we got the Jessica Jones gangs over here. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Danny Rand gangs. And nobody's killing nobody. Can you dig that sucker? <laughs> Can you dig it? And we got, oh, wait, they got canceled. Never mind. You're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Defenders gang. Get out of here. <laughs> what else you do this week, gentlemen? Uh, I binged watch the fifth season of the animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's on ah. Hulu, like the last series that they didn't put out on TV. Uh, because I actually think it's a very interesting kind of perspective. What's, and what, the, what's the difference in perspective? Uh, it's something about the way it's done. It it harp. It kind of goes back to the original like 1980s cartoon, 
but it's done in a way where it's like both for kids but also for adults like there's some dark shit oh that they pull out in that series and this past season like before they went to that whatever the fuck that weird cartoon shit they're doing on nickelodeon the rise of the teenage the rise of the teenage mutant turtles like it's like all bunch of like mini stories so like mark hamill's in the first bit a bit as like an evil dragon demon okay you had me on hamill and dragon demons yeah and it's it's just it's very it's and then there's like a whole series where it's like in the future where uh raphael is like mad max and he has a robotic donatello what? Yeah. yeah. I it, I only made it through the first season so far, but I I have not in the uh, too distant past gone back and tried to revisit some of those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons from my childhood from back when they you know first transitioned it to oh, sell boy. toys. And it is it, it is rough to get through. <laughs> it is um it's like I still have that nostalgic feeling for it, but it is rough. It is for kids, and it is very eighties. And and Justin's right. The the not the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is the new one coming out, but the the previous series that Nickelodeon was airing was uh one that you know one of those cartoons that is an adult can sit and watch with the kids and get just as much out of it as the kid. Hell, does, so. Robert England played a Nightmare Beaver. Yep, that's true. Yeah, you yeah, have taught now. You had well, a nightmare line, beaver, Robert. Yeah. Hook, yeah. line, and bait. <laughs> yeah, there was like one with that Robert England. I think yeah. I dated her once. <laughs> <laughs> oh! I think everybody did. Yeah. Yeah, it literally was like, I think it's like two beavers that invaded people's dreams, and one of them's voiced by Robert England. Oh, that's great. And it's fantastic. <laughs> yep. I, I like this Grim Dark Turtles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing's on Hulu. Yep. So, I mean, I always strongly recommend it just because of how interesting. Uh, they and how different they take certain characters like, like Ray, Toka and Razor show up, mm-hmm. uh, Leatherhead. Wasn't that the series with the giant Krang voiced by Roseanne? You mean Gilbert? Or Gilbert Godfrey? Godfrey. <laughs> no, I could have sworn. <laughs> well, Rose- I, I could have sworn Rose- Gilbert Godfrey was was the giant Krang, but I could have sworn that Roseanne was also on that I show. I don't remember a- Roseanne. I just, Fuck. I just Maybe know, I'm remembering a different cartoon. I just remember I that the like. Like, Crank Prime was voiced by Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> no, no, it's it's like a giant. No, I know, but yeah, the yeah, little yeah. One. Oh, the little one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tummy. Shit. Well, they're both, to be fair, they're both some screechy voices. Yeah. So. Yeah. I could be wrong. No, but, I'm, yeah. I'm probably the wrong one. I'm just, I usually am wrong about things. But boy, I could have sworn I remembered that. God. Uh I watched the fan-made Star Trek uh, thing, finally. Okay, that's real Which, general. Yeah, it's like... You watched a fan... The movie that fan... got sued at over by Paramount. Um, Jeff, you know the name, the name of it. Oh, um... Axanar? Axanar. There we go, yeah. That was awesome. Like, finally I watched it. Well, was it know. Prelude to Axanar? Because they never made that the, the, the quote, feature-length one that they no, were going to make. No, the, the Prelude, yeah. Yeah, Prelude to Axanar was, was okay. It was good. I enjoyed that. How long yeah. is that? It's, it's like, like 15, 15 minutes. minutes. Is that okay. the one based on the original series? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's uh it's set before Kirk um it's uh John Martok's in it uh, but as a it, regular human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it's it's supposed to be about the Battle of Axnar which is uh or excuse me not the battle the Battle of um, <clears throat> help me out Kirsten. Yeah, okay. Um 
It's the one uh, where Lord Garth, yeah, Captain, was Captain, Captain Garth. Garth. Can't remember you know, what the fuck was the battle. Excuse yeah. me. But the starship <laughs> is there. Excuse me. You're in my way. Sorry. Yeah, Garth, Captain Garth. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Ad- Admiral Wayne, when they get together. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, that was. You see nine. Swing. Sorry. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a good, it was a good, I guess, sampler for what they intended to do. But. Yeah. Just there was there was too much drama going on behind the scenes hmm. even before the Paramount suit, uh, Paramount and CBS suit. I enjoyed um, it the, the thing was never going to get made. It was never going to get made. They blew through too much cash even before they built any sets. Wow. So anyway, um, that's all I did. Just that it's a little actionar. I binged a little um, uh, DC action off of Hulu before it disappears to the new DC streaming service. Um, Watched uh, Teen Titans uh, Judas Contract, which is pretty cool. And then uh, Justice League Dark, which uh, oh, yes. has uh, uh, Constantine in it. Yes, voiced yeah. by Matt Ryan mm-hmm. yep. from the mm-hmm. TV series. And, of course, Constantine's going to be a part of, uh, um, Legends of Legends of Tomorrow this coming season. So that's going to be cool. He makes his yearly visit. No, he's actually going to be a regular cast member oh. this season. So he he made like a few guest appearances this last season, right. but now he's going to be a part of the regular team for this current season. Oh wow! Now now I'm really actually interested. He uh, and they actually played up some of his bisexuality in this last season. Huh. So which is something they never touched on right. in the in the short lived te- the one season of, on NBC. There, I can't imagine NBC would right. embrace that. Yeah, I know, right? Well, they didn't even allow the smoking, but right. when he's guest starred <laughs> until on, they were canceled. Yeah, when, right. when he's guest starred on the CW, he's lighting up left and right. So, ah, I love me some Constantine. Yeah, and he plays it so well. Yes, he does. He's he owns that character. I can't see anybody else play that now, which is why when I was watching the the cartoon, I was just sitting there going, "I'm like." That's got to be Matt Ryan. Because mm-hmm. I, I, the way they roll the credits, they don't tell you the voice cast until the end credits roll. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, that guy's too good. He's either a really good sound-alike or it's Matt Ryan. And sure enough, when the credits rolled, I was like, yes, John Constantine, and Matt Justice, Ryan. In Justice League Dark, that's Constantine, Swamp uh, Thing, Zatanna, yep. Etrigan, mm-hmm. Etrigan yep. the demon. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Estrogen, Batman. The demon? <laughs> oh yeah, Batman. Yep. What? Wow. Yeah. I'm still waiting for Gotham on Netflix because I, I I don't have regular cable. Because so. you don't like yourself, or <laughs> because, or, or as I like to prefer to call it, <laughs> Gotham. Got ham. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got him. I like Gotham. Oh, okay. It's good. It wasn't when I watched it. Maybe I just it didn't push far enough. I, I, I couldn't get past the first season. So Honestly, that was my... yeah. Once they introduced that one episode where like a guy was attaching people to balloons oh, balloon and man. then sending them up it in gets, the air. It gets better after well, that. Well, I okay? watched like bits and pieces. Like I watched up until when they did the reveal of the kid being Joker or whatever. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, but wasn't that supposed to be like a mislead? Like it, yeah. they said it was going to be the Joker and it turns out he's not at all ever going to be the Joker. Right, yeah, mm. something like that. I, I can't say anything because it gets spoilery from there. Okay, so. uh, okay well. Yeah, but I will say that's kind of when the show got better mm. after that. Yes. Oh, my, I is. might try and look at it again someday. <clears throat> I, I look at the Balloon Man episode in the same way that I... What, see the first season Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode with the insect teacher. Oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a very much a low point of a 
show that got much better. And, and, the, the, right. and, and the dynamic the between the Riddler and the Penguin, it's awesome too. So hmm. yeah. I think for us at least, Matt says it best when he just starts singing his own version of the Gotham Muppet Babies. Some babies, <laughs> we make our dreams come true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's just, it's just so intri- weird. Like when you watch, like I think it's like the very first episode or two where you see like all of them as kids, like Poison Ivy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, and then they aged her up through like weird, really like they're fast. like we can't, and then now it's like oh okay, all the I get their take. Like I've always preferred the take of uh, criminals in Gotham escalated because Batman came along, and so they got crazier because of him rather than yeah. they all just got crazy and then Batman crazied oh. up to their level. So. That's kind of almost the Batman conceit overall, isn't it? Yeah. That. So Gotham Gotham's is, villains can't exist without Batman. Right. And so Gotham was like this conceit of like, let's just populate this whole world where uh, Bruce Wayne is 15 years old with adults that are already full grown villains. So that in another uh, five or 10 years, he'll be, you know, this 20 year old guy fighting middle aged men. So <laughs> but I will say of what I've seen of it, I have enjoyed mainly the guy, the guy playing the penguin. Like he the knocks, whole, knocks the, it out of the park. Yeah, he. I'm like, I'm like, this is perfect casting. What about, what about the Riddler though? He's pretty. Good Nygma, too. He's, yeah. he's really. I, I never got too far in to when he started doing more. So I was like the beginning of it, but I enjoyed him. Like the, some of those characteristics that they have is some some really great work with those two especially. Yes. But then a lot of the other ones, like the stuff with like Bruce becoming friends with Selena as like children and like, I'm going to help you like fight crime. (laughs) And like, um, what? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's just one of those things. Yeah. That's another taste thing. I get that there are a lot of people that like it. It's just, yeah, it's not for you. Right. Exactly. As, as many shows. Yeah. They fit or they don't. Right. Although I do like your take on Gotham Babies. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's about as far as I can yeah. get. I don't have any other lyrics. When your dreams get kind of weird. Right, exactly. you know that scarecrow's day <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what else you do this week, gentlemen? I I unintentionally punked Sam Heffernan. That was fun. <laughs> and oh, Cal. Yeah. In uh, England. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was funny because... Um, he he often responds to uh, my talking about Hawk the Slayer, and there was one exchange in uh, the Shock Monkey's Lair where he was like, I've got to watch that at some point. And I was like, well, if he's doing that metal adaption, he's definitely got to get the original source material. I mean, the, the, believe it or not, Hawk the Slayer soundtrack is out there to be bought. <laughs> so... I uh, I connived uh, getting his ad mailing address, and then I was like, "Well, let's let's see what I can do." And I fired up the old Amazon, and very quickly learned that American Amazon does not like uh, to go go to the UK because it it won't even let you input the uh, address correctly because the UK. UK is pretty codes, fucked, yeah. but you know UK is weird. I don't know what it is with those people. <laughs> I think they're Canada or something. Oh, with the letters in the uh, with the, the, the yeah and the stuff with you the, the right things way? in them. Okay, All right. yeah. <laughs> so so I'm like, well, uh, how about Amazon UK? I'll check that. And oh, blimey, you on the? I found it. Uh, I found the proper format. I found the the DVD. This was before my tooth blew up, so I like I have a little money. I can do this, and it was stupid cheap. 
Oh. I was just like, I'm used to going to Amazon here and being pleased with the discounted price of like 15 bucks for Mm -hmm. a movie, right? And this thing was, I think, £2.85. Oh, my God. Yeah. The shipping was more than the price. And even then, when they did the, uh, 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 what's the term? The super saver? No, no. Currency exchange? When you... No. Exchange. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah, the currency. Jesus. I, I, I'm totally blank. When they exchanged it to dollars, it was eight bucks. It was like, this is amazing. The pound but, is a dollar, by the way. What? <laughs> Go ahead. No. Okay, thank you. He's, he's being all Canada over there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I Jesus. thought it was like $2 and something at one point. Oh, it's gone way down. Has it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. From yeah, the whole yeah. Brexit thing. Yeah. Way down. Oh, yeah, no, no, right. no. Yeah, it, it, it really crashed. Uh, but even even measuring in pounds, it's it was stupid cheap. This was great. So, I I I set everything up, and I'm working. I'm trying to figure out the address because I had an extra line in the information I got from you, Torgo. From me. That I that I couldn't find a place for. In the the, the 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 prompts that they were giving for the address, so I'm going to Google and I'm trying to figure out just how the fuck does card Cardiff work and do, to, to do be, I really to be need- fair to you, it's it's all Welsh names, so yeah, they all are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it it totally unintelligible to me. <laughs> so I finally figured it out, and I'm going through, and I get to the is this a gift, and I just automatically know went on. It. And then, when I started, was ready to settle out. I'm like, okay, I want to give him a message, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I'll just back up. I can't back up. I'm fucking stuck. Oh, god damn it! And you it, sound like Barry now. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't get there to get a message or anything. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just send it to him. I mean, it's Hawk the Slayer, right? Right. Like, like he's gonna, you know, he'll know it was me. And so I send it off. It's a random box. Kirsten sent it. Yeah. And, well, it was funny because it comes up on Facebook. I don't know when I ordered this. <laughs> I must have. I think I was doing research, but I got it now. <laughs> it was, uh, that was hilarious. That was fucking hilarious. So I tried. Oh, you got it. That's great. And then he personal messages me. Did you do this? So that Aww. was funny. That was really funny. That's but good. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It's and I, I then I thought about it. It's like that'd be f- I I want to do that more now. It's Buy just, random gifts for yeah people. yeah. And just send it <laughs> just with no message people and people get You're it. You're gonna get a whole bunch of people thinking they were like drunk Amazoning. <laughs> oh my god! I used to have a coworker that did that. <laughs> he would drunk Amazon like like two or three times yeah. a week. Oh, <laughs> that's mo- that's most yeah. of Amazon. That's uh, like they released a uh, they uh, they released a study recently. That's a pretty common thing these days. Is like drunk Amazoning and that's where a hu- a very large percentage of their sales come from. It was so funny too when he talk about it. He's like it's like I just got home and I started drinking, started drinking, started drinking, and the next thing I know, I'm I'm seeing uh, your order is completed on my computer and I'm like, <laughs> "What the hell did I order?" And some days it was like a complete surprise, like a package would come uh, to the door and he goes, oh, jelly bean underwear. I needed it's this. got my name on it. I must have ordered it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if I want to tell this story. Uh Oh, you got it now. Uh, come yeah. on. 
Yeah, I, can, I can tell Todd That's to the cut best it way out. to start a story. Yeah, really. Yeah, you can tell me to cut it out, okay? Okay, for, for <laughs> uh, close, uh, for, for about almost a year, I had five uh, pocket pussies sitting in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best story. <laughs> what happened was and it was kind of it was kind of drunk Amazon. It wasn't blackout. It was yeah, more yeah. like I the, you know I'm I'm happy to make a stupid I hey, stupid why not? Kind of, yeah. yeah. And I need five. Paul's <laughs> favorite porn actress is Bella Donna. Okay. Oh yeah, I remember that. Bella Donna has one of those personally molded uh-huh. pocket pussies. And when I stumbled across it, because I was just, um, well, that part I don't remember. I, I think I was in Amazon awesome. and, no. <laughs> oh, I was looking up porn. Belladonna came up and then. This story the is fucking, amazing. The fucking Google, the fucking Google, Google yeah, yeah, recommended yeah. it. That was Google it. recommended <laughs> it. There we go. So I'm looking at yeah. it and I'm wink, like. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> And I'm like, huh, Paul loves Belladonna. This now week. he can. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so I ordered, <laughs> I ordered two because I was like, all right, one for Paul. I'm going to give it to Paul. And then I'll like, and I got mine and it'll be funny. And he'll be like, I can't take this home because my wife will kill me. <clears throat> and time, uh, it wasn't his birthday yet. So I was like, ah, I'll uh, I'll do it right around his birthday, I guess, and around on the podcast. Well, if I do the pod, you know what? No, if I do the podcast, I real everybody should get one. Oh, so I ordered, <laughs> Damn it, no. I ordered three I more. <laughs> so now I've got five latex Madonna pussies. Belladonna, right? Yeah. Belladonna, I'm sorry. Madonna. <laughs> woo! Madonna, woo! Those Damn. Now, see, you guys would respect that story. <laughs> but I had five Belladonna latex pussies ready to go, and Paul leaves Geek Shock. So I'm like, ah. Uh, uh, let me guess, you were outside the return window. Too. <laughs> oh, way out. It was, yeah, we were gone. And I was just like, well, um, I could, uh, and I try strategizing. <laughs> Take and, it and then we did, we did the 450 <laughs> episode. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I can, this is perfect. And then I forgot him. <laughs> and course. so I'm like, God, you know, because it, it's in my closet. I don't, I try not to think about this. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> closet full of pussy, and it's just, oh, you know, that you, yeah. I wish I had <laughs> you that know what? problem. I have <laughs> every man's, like, favorite problem. I <laughs> actually have a solution for you, Kirsten. <clears throat> Give them to Andy for his next movie prop thing. <laughs> Guys, oh Andy doesn't need any pocket pussy. And see okay. what happens. That actually see is what he would create well, with that. I got. Andy's I, I got finally, me. I finally was like, okay, this is all fucked. So I, I just got rid of him. Um, you threw them away. Yeah, I, I just. But Matt says that like he's like, wait a minute, wait yeah, a minute. Really. Didn't bring although, me one. although now that Jeff, now that Jeff said that, I don't know. Maybe I should go out and buy more. <laughs> so I can give them to Andy and be like, oh, dude, I don't need these. If you're doing a prop for something. 
God, <laughs> no, you just you don't, don't encourage him. <laughs> yeah, no, you gonna... know Andy. He'll he'll oh, yeah. he'll look at that and he'll be like, yeah, this guy, this could work for something. Yeah, he would. <laughs> he'd, he'd figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I think Anna would figure out something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! It was just like, oh crap, this. Yeah. So yeah, that's the story <laughs> that's of the creature film. You'd be like, Andy, are those the st- five Belladonna pussies in that person's face? <laughs> that's <laughs> his story, and he's sticking to it. Ever that's sen- right. Ever since he moved in with you, he hasn't been home to see me, and he hasn't. <laughs> I came here tonight hoping he'd be here. That's actually a pretty decent lead Miller. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Took me friggin' five days to crawl over here. I thought I'd finally find him. (laughs) No one's washed my folds in months. What is it with you guys (laughs) loving Ludmilla? I don't... (laughs) Jesus Christ. The whole point is to cringe and wish it would stop. And all that you guys... you, You get on... You get on the lair and you start threatening. I need him to come home so we can play find the salami. <laughs> That's the only time I ever get any exercise. He puts a salami somewhere in the house and I crawl around and find it. <laughs> Colt Miller is alive and well. Oh, my God. Uh. Oh, and I, I got retweeted. Uh, okay. This is so cool. There's uh, <coughs> there's someone on Twitter. C- congratulations, jo- Doctor Jennifer Gunter. She no relation. <laughs> she does. Yeah, no relation. <laughs> At least as far as I know, because she's from Canada. But I don't um, know of any relatives in Canada. Yeah. Um, she she did a a great burn on Trump. There was this one guy who was talking. Trying to talk about uh, social status and positioning and relationships and how women, women, there's a theory called hypergamy where women will permanently establish roots with the man they think they can get, but then they will aim for cheating with a man of higher status. And the whole idea is. They get the better genes for a child from the high status, but they have a more reliable low status who will actually stay with them and help. And and, <clears throat> and it's an actual sexual selection theory that's out there. And, of course, incels ah, yes. jump on it. It's, it's, it's so, got to happen. So this guy's talking shit on Twitter, and, and uh, he makes a comment about a man with high sexual market value. Because that's an actual like kind of thought and concept, that's, and that's when Matt for Two Bokes Geeks just stood up. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that was me. <laughs> and oh, just do my man spreading over here. No. Yeah. So somebody's like, "Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's a man of high sexual market value?" And this guy, <laughs> of course, pulls Trump out. And he's like, "Well, Trump, for example." So she responds with, "Sexual predators are not high value." Also, gross, <laughs> he is perhaps the most disgusting buffoon of a man, and here it comes. Toxic faux masculinity. He's not even manly enough to be toxic masculinity. Oh, wow. And I, I retweeted that, and I was like, he isn't even manly enough to be toxic masculinity. That, my friends, is a burn. Well... She saw that, and so she retweeted my tweet, and 
I got 67 <laughs> likes. Wow. Nice. From strangers. The, the meme I saw today that made me laugh so hard was on, it was one of those split screens, and at the top it was Trump, and it just says, this year is 2018, which yeah. is the highest year it's ever been. Yeah. And then at the bottom, it's a guy holding the Trump <laughs> sign, just yeah. looking like he's about to cry. Yeah. He's so happy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, congratulations, Kay. Yeah, 67. Yeah, 67. <laughs> that is right. Now I have a goal to break. Ah. This is going to be so cool. When you make Seven it. retweets. I got retweeted seven times when you make it big remember the little guys yeah yeah uh, uh did did you hear something this is what <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is the part where Kay leaves and starts his own show oh, okay <laughs> not again <laughs> oh and then matt goes oh fuck what am i gonna do with all these pocket pussies <laughs> Uh, uh, the only really geeky things that I did this week was uh, play the hell out of Jeff's Spider-Man game. Uh, jealous. And it's as, just as good as everyone is telling you yeah. it is. It is amazing. It's pretty awesome. Uh, the, the freedom of, of movement in that game is beautiful. Uh, the story stuff is a lot of fun. So it's kind of firing on all fronts so far. I can't say I'm too far into it. Probably played it about four hours. Do, do, there's this thing going around where you play it, uh, but you have to play uh, Chad Kroger and that guy from Saliva's version of the hero <laughs> song in the background. Not going to stand here and wait. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Watching you, watching us, watching watching. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the show. I'm out. I'm starting my own podcast. <laughs> wait, Not again. <laughs> Anything else you do this week, guys? Watch a lot of football. And hey, on. congratulations. And moving on. Sports. Moving on. And, and your quarterback, your 10 touchdowns in the first two games. Yeah. Wow. Set a, set a record. Pretty cool. For a rookie starter. I'm so happy for you. I was pleased Jacksonville beat the Patriots. Or, yeah, that was fun to watch, too. What's your team again? Chiefs, right? Uh-huh. Nurgle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like sports, too. Okay. Oh. Sports, 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 oh. sports. <laughs> He likes hockey. Eh. That's a real sport. Ah, there it is. Oh, my God. He, he likes some hockey, eh? All right. I'm cutting this off now. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Ah! Wow, thank you. You're oh, in the, man. You're in the right chair for it, too. Yeah. So that's perfect. <laughs> the Maricopa County, Arizona Parks Department wants Jason out of the lake. Ah, I saw that. Yeah. According to a report in the Arizona Republic, park officials have told a group of local divers that the county will soon remove the eerie, lifelike Jason statue they'd placed at the bottom of Lake Pleasant, along with a handful of other unique items carefully curated to pique scuba divers' enthusiast interest. The department found out about the Jason statue earlier due to the social media outpouring. Mm hmm. And wasted no time in letting it be known that he'll need to find another lake. Lake Pleasant Sup Supervisor David Jordan told the Republic he understands the tongue-in-cheek aspect of sticking one of the horror's most iconic lake dwellers in the very place where he'd least want to encounter him. But he explained it's kind of his job to make sure the natural environment remains clutter-free. Quote, <laughs> there's always a little bit of humor behind it, but at the same time, we're very much concerned about trying to maintain clean facilities for people to enjoy, unquote. 
he said, adding that the unauthorized statuary, as well as other diver-placed items like fake skeletons, Christmas trees, and apparently a Volkswagen, uh. will be treated as litter by the Parks Department. The statue is reportedly the handiwork of diver Zachary Nagy, who takes credit for crafting and placing the Jason's likeness at the bottom of Lake Pleasant back in May. The idea, he said, was to give divers a sort of target to focus on, quote, to kind of practice their skills, unquote. I'm sad to see it go. I guess I understand why, but they need to put Jason in another lake. Yeah, I heard that divers do this sort of thing as like kind of like underwater trail markers and stuff like that. Sure, something to aim toward while you're down there to give you focus instead of just crawling blindly through the base of the lake. Uh, Once upon a time in Las Vegas, we have Lake Mead, and there was a, (laughs) a... town that was flooded way back yep. when so you would dive down and see a ghost town underwater but our water levels have receded and gone down so much that that's now above ground uh, uh-huh. so that's no longer a diving feature but a walking feature so although <laughs> the uh, the b29 that sunk in the middle of lake mead is now more accessible to uh recreational divers so okay. more people i think are going to visit that one because before it was too deep to you know, recreational dive. Yeah, that's what they did. There's a <laughs> scuba, 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 <laughs> scuba, scuba, scuba. But there's a lot of stuff down there, especially like the old machinery and stuff that was used to yeah. build the dam. Yep. That's all down there. You can go yeah, visit that. They tossed a lot of that right in there when they were done with it. It's like, eh, I don't need this anymore. News you don't give a shit about. A brand new minor league baseball team in Madison, Alabama <laughs> has decided upon the name of the Rocket City Trash Pandas. What? Uh, Reported local news station WHNT News 19, the term Trash Panda is mentioned by Peter Quill, Star-Lord, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 after the team crash lands on the forest planet of, is that Burhurt? Sure. sure. Why not? Why not? Getting uh, to name the Alabama team was part of a contest that almost resulted in titles like Thunder Sharks, Moon Possums, Space Chimps, and Comet Jockeys. On his submission form, Matthew... Dude, comet jockeys. That's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah I like that one. Uh, Matthew Higley, who suggested the name, made an overt Guardians reference when he wrote, Our community is known for engineering, and no creature in our galaxy is as smart, creative, determined, and ingenious a problem solver, dedicated to the challenge at hand, than our local raccoons, unquote. So, yes, the Rocket City Trash Pandas are an official team. <laughs> I guess sure. if, the, if the Vegas can have the 51s, why not? Yeah, Although, you know, your fifty ones just entered uh, the the same family as uh, my local minor league baseball team. They became uh, affiliated with the Oakland A's, and the Vermont Lake Monsters are also affiliated with the Oakland A's. You so. had the Vermont Lake Monsters, yes, yep. sir. Yeah, man, the minor league teams got it going on name wise. Yeah, well, I mean, because Vermont, we got Lake Champlain, which has Champ. Uh, they used to be the Vermont Expos, and when the Expos moved out of Montreal to and changed their name to the Washington Nationals. Uh, the Lake Monsters became affiliated with uh, the Oakland A's and changed their name to the Lake Monsters, and because uh, Champ was always the mascot anyway. So who, who, now tell me, Champ, who's Champ? Uh, Champ is uh, the uh, like the Loch Ness monster, only lives in Lake Champlain. Ah, oh yeah, you that's know about Champ. Right. I don't know Champ. I don't. I'll go to the East Coast. There's like a whole yeah. like there's like a whole uh, <laughs> I think around this time of year there's like a whole cruise you can take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, around Lake Champlain, the, it's like the search Go for, for the monster. Yeah. There was X Files episode on it too. 
Yeah. Was there really? Yes. Well, uh, Unsolved Mysteries, I know, did it. I don't know mm-hmm. about X. X Files did a Lake Monsters episode, but I think that happened in the south somewhere. Thought it was in the east or north. Throw down, Matt. Go no, ahead, Matt versus good. Matt. It's yeah. Who it's will fine. try? It's fine. I, I, yeah. This is what we signed up for. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but that's so. Uh, so they got you know the, the big cartoony version of Champ is our is the uh, team mascot and love it's it. great. Even though he kind of looks more like a, just a green dinosaur. Yeah, he kind of just looks like a green dinosaur, but. He's great. I can still great. Get, come yeah. on the Lake Monsters. This is yep. a great baseball team name. Yep. yep. My God. Well, the fifty ones aren't going to be the fifty ones nope. anymore. Which is sad. Yeah. What are they going to be? Uh, the Las Vegas McBoat Batting Facey guys. They're going to put it up for a vote <laughs> and turn into something dumb like the Trash Pandas. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, they put up guys. a big vote for it. I, d- I didn't. Hear, God, aren't there like five final names that to to choose from get, now or something oh, like that? God, that's the way to do it, though. So you don't get. Champy McLake face. Right. I think that, that icebreaker. Oh was it Bodie McBoke face? <laughs> Bodie McBoke. Yeah, yeah. It actually face. won, and the guy's like, no, not naming it that. Yeah, no, good. <laughs> good for him. Something out there needs to be called Bodie McBoat face, though. That's a great name. It I'm just sure there's rolls like 10 the boats registered now as Bodie McBoat face. Well, sure. And Justin Bieber needs to do a concert in North Korea. <laughs> Justin Bieber? Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Swag, yo. He's named after his country's national animal. Isn't it beaver your animal? No. Moose? What, what's your animal? <laughs> yeah, what's the a Canadian loon. animal, Matt? The loon? Moose and squirrel. It's the loon. Yeah. It, it's, it's the loon, eh? It's right there on the yeah. money. There's also a caribou. <laughs> There's a beaver as well. You got a lot? You got more than one? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's the official menagerie. Oh, oh, the Quebecers got their own? Is that it? Well, I mean, you the go Lord up there, Northern Quebec Beaver. Pizza. <laughs> no, I mean, you go up there, up to the, uh, up to the uh, biodome, up there in Montreal. Eh? they got all kinds of animals. You can so go up there and you can see me. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> you can go up there and you can see the monkeys, and you can go up there and see all the birds and everything. And you see, walk through the biodome, and you. See, us Southern Ontarians don't have the Canadian accent. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just be careful about the moose, okay? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Sorry about your car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. News you don't give a shit about. Henry Cavill apparently has done a Superman. Yeah, this I was like, no, when I heard this. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Cavill and Warner Brothers Pictures are parting ways after three Superman appearances from the actor. The catalyst for this move came from when the studio tried to get Cavill to make a cameo appearance as Superman in the upcoming DCEU film Shazam. Uh, Negotiations for that appearance apparently didn't go well, and now Cavill is heading out the door altogether. Another factor in Warner's developing Supergirl movie, which will require an infant Superman to appear as if it's made in accordance with that character's origin story, and Cavill simply might be too old to fit into whatever new continuity that requires. A deadline lends more credence to the Supergirl conflict with its own report, which notes that Cavill's split with DC Films has been looming for a while now, and that Warner Brothers is more interested in Supergirl than Superman at this point. Quote, Superman is like James Bond, and after a certain run, you have to look at new actors. Unquote. A studio source. You gotta give him a run first, (laughs) goddammit. Also, also, they have the TV show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucking. That's why. That's, I'll bet you that's why they're going Supergirl. Because the TV show's working. It also apparently costs a lot less to license the Supergirl character. Why than don't you make a good movie and you rake in the money like Marvel? The Superman character yeah. because of the deal that they the, the the deal that they reached with the Siegel and Schuster yeah. families uh, of has increased the licensing for 
even though Warner Brothers still quote unquote technically owns it, they have to put like on there through special arrangement with the families of Jerry oh. Siegel and Joe Schuster. You'll you'll see it if you watch uh, Justice League and um, yeah. And so uh, the kind the kind favor that we've been clamoring for the Siegel and Schuster families for decades has uh, fucked Superman. No, it just it just means that it costs more to, to pay to Which, do you know, to do Superman movies. Superman. If they're choosing Supergirl over Superman for that reason, again, this is speculation. Yeah, but it's Warner Brothers, and it would make perfect sense for them to do that. It's like what's but keep what's going to cost us gone less? Too. Keep yeah. reading. Well, but I'm just saying, if, if you think about it, it's like what's going to cost us less licensing wise, Supergirl, and mm. if we cast an unknown to play Supergirl, eh. that's twice the savings. Well, like Cavill wasn't kind of an unknown. Yeah, way. exactly. He'd only been on. Uh, I just totally blanked out the on it. The, uh, the Henry V. Oh. Tudors. The Tudors. Thank you. In God, 88. I totally forgot about that. Well, the Hollywood Reporter outlines several factors that may have contributed to this decision, including potential scheduling conflicts, which could have been brought on by Cavill's just announced starring role in Netflix's original The Witcher. Another source, though, notes that Cavill's Witcher commitment apparently came after the Shazam issue emerged which could mean the studio will was simply just ready to move on, and Cavill happened to land another high-profile gig that coincides with that. A studio insider also noted that there is a still concern within Warner Brothers, quote, that some parts of the previous movies didn't work, unquote, and that's led to a desire to hit the reset button. Uh-uh. Uh, what that means for the future shape of DCEU at the moment is unclear, but what is clear is that Warner Brothers is still trying to find a shape for its share, shared humor. Uh, uh, shared humor. <laughs> shared, Is it that shared, time? It's, it's, it's only an hour and ten in. So. Yeah, not even. <sighs> for a shared superhero universe. And that shape apparently no longer includes its flagship hero. This marks yet another move for the DCEU that felt like a place of near constant shifting for quite some time. Uh, something production head Walter Hamada had to seriously evaluate when he took over the film slate at the beginning of this year. Uh, we've repeatedly quashed uh, not one but two future Joker movies, and most famously the constant will he or won't he report regarding Ben Affleck as Batman. Though it hasn't been officially announced, conventional wisdom is that at this point Affleck will no longer play the caped crusader in DCEU, and the character will get a fresh start with a new actor in director Matt Reeves' The Batman. If that holds... Affleck and Cavill will be dropping out altogether, leaving Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman as the centerpiece of the universe with Jason Momoa's Aquaman gaining prominence with his own film later this year. Well, and that's fine for Gadot because she's, that's totally hers, so. But here's the problem with that. If you want to do the, you want to press the reset button like I guess they want to do, you have to get all new actors. It's going to look weird, Justice League 2. Jason. Well, it it depends on the reset. If they, it, yeah, they, you do a soft reset where you just gently, you know, or maybe stop worrying so goddamn much about making all your movies fit together and actually just make some good movies first and worry about maybe how they'll connect later. Like Iron Man wasn't like yeah, there's a a, a Nick Fury thing at the end, but Iron Man was just a movie about Iron Man and then The Incredible Hulk was just a movie and they put those like Easter eggs in there but they still weren't like 100% sure back in 2008 when Iron Man and Incredible Hulk came out that either one of those movies would make any money. They just wanted to make a good movie and then worry about Avengers later. So when you start going, 
Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Man of Steel got some mixed reactions. What, uh, uh, well, uh, put Batman in the next movie. Uh, 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 and put Wonder Woman in there. Oh, uh, well, well, shit, now people didn't like that movie. Uh, now what do we do? Oh, I know, let's make our Justice League movie right after the friggin' movie that we made that we threw the other characters in because maybe throwing more characters at the problem is gonna friggin' <laughs> fix the problem instead of developing the characters we already got. Oh, no, shit, now nobody liked that movie. Well, now what do we do? Oh, I know what we do. We take all the actors that are actually any good and we throw them out the door and we start over again because now if we make another movie with these same actors nobody's gonna come fucking see it yeah they they, they don't seem to learn that lesson because it's not even the, actors the exact fault. same yeah it's the exact same thing that they did though with the uh, the tim burton run on the films they tried yeah. to make it that they tried to extend all those movies out of that same universe right hey, hey, chill they, yeah, I was going to say, right. they, they brought back a lot of the same characters, but they kept recasting Batman for yeah. one reason or another. And, yeah, know, it was still that sh- quote-unquote well, shared universe. Now they want to reset the entire story. They want to recast them. They want to reset the story. And it's like, how about you just focus? Like, it wasn't Henry Cavill's fault that people didn't like that movie. It was it's, just people didn't like it. Like, it was, figure out how to make a good movie and then just keep Henry Cavill. You or, can't. It's the, the biggest problem is you can't make a quote-unquote dark film Right. Centered around a character that is like the eternal optimist. He's yeah. always so positive, and like there's just nothing that really makes Superman go, fuck humanity, fuck all of this. I'm, you know, I'm yeah, so yeah. over it. I'm depressed, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Because that's not the core of that character. You keep the dark universe with Batman. Yeah. Mm. And then the rest, Marvelize it. Now, you saw, you saw hints of that probably in the, the Joss Whedon rewrites for Justice League. So you saw a completely different film in Justice League than what Snyder had intended. So I also think this is probably Warner's, you know, plan to just try to wipe away as much of the Snyder universe as they can because they feel like that didn't work. One way out of it, if they can write it well enough to work, is DC has always embraced their multiverse. Right. Do a flashpoint. There you go. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of the Boom, plan, reset. although... Yeah, that was a movie that's dead again. <laughs> yeah, uh, is James James Wan was attached to that, wasn't he? I think so. You want to reset it? Flashpoint. There no, James you go. Wan is Aquaman. Okay. Yeah. God, who was a... Never mind. Well, uh, 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 Fukunawa, uh, it's a couple of people were attached to that one, so... Okay. That can only lead us to... Weekend Geek! Hooray. Thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> wow, he was so excited. He was. Like Andy's here. <laughs> no, I haven't spilled anything yet. Thank yeah. you. He's got Thank his you. legs mm-hmm. crossed. Here, I'll, it. Here, I'll throw it there. I, I've dropped a piece of candy on the floor. There, now liquid. Andy's here. It's got to be liquid. Yep. Ooh, Unwrap it. Put it in your mouth for about three minutes, and then put it down on the table so now. that you can talk and then forget that it's there yes. and it's all melting. Look, I even it. wrapped up the end of my my lollipop stick so that I wouldn't get <laughs> sticky stuff on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Already you're out. You're doing better than Andy. Then <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say sorry. Do you want to stay? I might have a cot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a Twitter thread that went viral last summer. Me? Oh my god! I'm in the it news. <laughs> <laughs> last summer. <laughs> As people got swept up in two friends tag teaming a real time horror tale. Oh. Has been turned into a movie and it's getting a premiere at ah, this year's God. Fantastic Fest in Austin. <laughs> you might be the killer. Starred uh, started life as a funny back and forth between writer Chuck Wendig, 
who you might know as the author of 2015 Star Wars Aftermath, and fantasy author Sam Sykes. Back in July last year when Sykes innocently shot out a, uh, yo, can you help me out to his buddy on Twitter. The ensuing exchange roped in more than 11,000 followers. Fast forward to the present with a feature-length movie. The setup finds a blood-spattered Sam calling his buddy Chuck for an on-the-fly advice on how to handle a very real serial serial killer who's unleashed havoc at Camp Clear Vista. Uh, As you might guess, most of Chuck's assistance comes in the form of outwitting all the predictable outcomes she's learned from horror movies. Quote, told from the perspective of the third act, looking back upon the horrors and plot twists through flashback, it's a full reversal of the beats one expects in this subgenre. The film's official fantastic summary explains... Rather than endearing us to the characters slowly so we fear for their deaths, we're shown their deaths almost immediately upon meeting them. Ultimately, instead of being about one-dimensional sexy teens meeting their demise, it's about the joys of both the kill and the genre itself, unquote. Starring Alison Hannigan uh, Mm. as Chuck and Franz Kranz, he's from Cabin in the Woods, as Sam, and directed by Brett Simons, who directed Husk and the Monkey's Paw, You Might Be the Killer arrives at Fantastic Fest without a distribution deal. Produced by Chuck Wendig, Sam Sykes, Griff First, and Tom Vital. You Might Be the Killer debuts September 21st in Austin, so this weekend. I'm glad that ended up being actual writers. I was When you started that uh, story, I was like, oh, God, two people just made a funny Twitter thread and got a movie? What the hell is the world coming to? Those, those guys <laughs> and Mike Cole... And a few others, but particularly those three, they do very funny exchanges like that all the time. And it, it, this thing really, they really hit on something and they just got on a roll. I remember reading the thread myself when, when it came out and it, w- it was hilarious. It was, it was also neat because it was essentially a writer's brainstorming. You know, and uh, they 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 created a movie just fucking around on Twitter. It's pretty cool. If you want to see this whole story behind it, Chuck Wendig put up a nice blog post. Uh, yes, his blogs are on uh, terribleminds.com. That's his that's his author's site. But he has a blog on that post that not only tells the story of that Twitter feed and how it became a movie, uh, but also has a link to the feed itself. So if you want to see how it played out in real time. It's very, very entertaining. Probably the best Twitter thread I've ever read in my life, frankly, as a horror fan. So I, yeah, I'm excited. I hope this gets picked up for distribution because I really want to see this movie. And of course, Allison Hannigan was not to yes. love. <laughs> Image Comics character Prophet, whom Deadpool creator Rob Liefeld de- debuted in the early 1990s with Young Blood comic series, will get a big screen adaptation from Studio 8 which inked a six, mid-six-against-seven-figure deal for the film rights to the wayward super soldier. Now, Liefeld reportedly in producing the new movie, along is producing the new movie, alongside with Adrian... Uh, Adrian... Um, <laughs> Brody, Toombs... Ascaray? Adrian Ascaray? Ascaray. I don't know, Ascaray. <laughs> And Brooklyn Weaver. That one, I know. Uh, <laughs> Prophet tells the story of John Prophet, a down-on-his-luck World War II-era volunteer who signed up for an experimental DNA enhancement project aimed at transforming him into a mindless, havoc-wreaking badass. 
the brainchild of Dr. Horatio Wells, the experiment was designed to cryogenically freeze Prophet until the time he came to deploy his services against the Disciples, a super gang headed by Wells' nemesis, the evil Philip Omen. Of course, things go wrong during Prophet's stasis, and he wakes before the future Wells had prepared for ever arrives. Stranded, disoriented, confused about his moral role in an unfamiliar world, Prophet decides to remake his conscience and his life from the ground up. After his debut with Young Blood series, Prophet spun into his own line of comics, eventually moving through three full story cycles in the 90s before reemerging in 2012 for a new comic and its successor, Prophet Earth War, which Image released in 2016. I have to say, I love the story of Image Comics in the 90s about how all those writers and, and illustrators broke off, created their super successful independent comic creator-owned company. And there are so many comics during that time that I never read of Image. Right. Because they, they just all looked goofy to me. <laughs> Damn. <clears throat> Which is funny because a lot of the Image books that are out now, like they're such a huge powerhouse. Like one of my favorite comics I've read in the last for like a couple of years is I hate fairyland. That is so good. Yeah. It's like, it's like I got really sad when they finished it. Like it was such a, but it was such a great conclusion. And then I just picked up this one like a couple days ago or, or like two weeks ago called farmhand. Hmm. It's from the, uh, the art. It's the same artist who did the work on chew. Okay. I, I can't remember his name, but it's, it's a weird, weird ass, uh, idea. But like, it's, like I, I've kind of fallen off the Marvel DC. Like I'll still read them here and there if it's something interesting. But like for the most part, most of my attention goes towards image. So it's interesting to see that a lot of these like more '90s kind of properties are getting, getting snatched more, up. Yeah, and that instead of like some of the more successful, like kind of newer series that they've been putting out. I, I will say I have read a lot more modern image than the '90s stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a, that's that's the kind of the weird thing that I'm thinking back to is like I love this era of comics where they said fuck you Marvel and yeah. went off and did their own thing, but I never read the comics from that era. Well, they you know it it was really funny. I still remember the press talk about like Young Blood in particular, and when you think about it, uh, Liefeld actually had some interesting ideas because this was like. This is in the 90s, and he's talking about things like the, the superheroes are celebrities. They have endorsement deals. They, they're kind of it, borderline reality show-esque in terms of being followed around and their lives commented on and stuff. So in, in some ways, he was actually right on the cusp of, of uh, something prescient, but the the ideas didn't go very far you know they didn't really take them anywhere in, in no time at all a lot of those stories just became more more uh, basic four color superhero stories and the 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 best part about image was them breaking telling marvel you know fuck you and and doing their thing so I, you had eric larson whose work on savage Dr- dragon works and is still going on but a lot of that, it, it, there were squandered opportunities. It was, you know, there was a lot of, wow, if Wolverine could just blank. 
and and but that's that's where it went. That was about it. You know, you get a character who you know like is a combination of Batman and Wolverine, and then it just becomes another superhero story. So a lot of flash without a lot of substance. And I think that's why something like Alan Moore's work on Supreme. Did you ever read that? No. Supreme was Liefeld's Superman analog. I won't call it a knockoff, but it, an analog. And Alan Moore grabbed a hold of it. He was he was hired to write on it. He grabbed a hold of it, and he was fantastic. He grabbed Silver Age and Golden Age Superman, and he threw it in there, and it was amazing. It's actually it's actually an incredible it's an incredible little run. Uh, of comics and that is an example of taking whatever idea you know what if you know hey how about if superman how would i write superman you know and then it turns out you're you're just writing more superman alan moore gets a hold of it and boom it's you know it be, it's something amazing i guess you know just the uh, some unrealized potential not going far enough I think a lot of image is almost, for me, I look at it as a crystallization of the fanboy being a professional, huh. right? And these guys are actually like the second or even third generation of comics fans, superhero fans becoming professional. Your first generation are like the Neil Adams and the, the uh, Roy Thomas. Roy Thomas in particular is like the big one. He was a teenage kid when Stan Lee brought him in. Um, but you have the fans working it, and there's the, the variation in professional level uh, between the artists. You had the whole controversy of, do artists even need writers? I remember that was a big discussion in the image era, because so many artists were writing their own things, and you kind of discovered, oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. artists could use a writer. <laughs> or at least the artist needs to know how to write. Just being able to do sequential art doesn't make you a writer. So um, a lot of that was, got played out in the 90s. And I, you know, Image Now has found its direction where it's, you know, like I, I, I've read I Hate Fairyland too. And it, it's so imaginative and it's so fucking off the wall yeah. and it it's not it's not even a variation of the superhero genre no. so it 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 goes somewhere else and it's not like a violent alice in wonderland oh my god it's just it's fantastic yeah it is it's, it's, it's just, between that nail biter and killer be killed probably my three favorite of image image books right now but like a nail biter. Yes, tell me about nail biter. It's ba I forget. That's, that's the one that caught my ear. Uh, it's. I'm trying to remember the best. It's like Silence of the Lambs style, but like there's this town that is just for some reason just keeps wheeling out serial killers, mm. and someone has to go and like figure out what the hell is happening, but also become friends with a serial killer that's like Hannibal. But his whole thing is he likes to kidnap people grow out their nails so he can eat them and then kill them after like a, a after a while and the guy <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is not on board <laughs> nope. it's like I need to get the last two trades I wanted to try to read so that. great yeah, you you always talk about that one to me and it, that was one of the ones where the 
the of course with comics you gotta not just the writing but the art and the art in that one was always to me not my favorite i gotta give it another shot because i have picked it up and tried to read the first trade and um the art uh threw me off a little bit it's not like necessarily my favorite art style but i get it i've had those moments know. where the the art is very kind of janky i'm not gonna yeah. lie but the story i've fell in love with the whole idea of what they were pull, trying to pull and, and the writer even has there's even an, an issue where they put in brian michael bendis like an like is where the serial killer like bendis comes to this town because he has oh, an fun. idea for a comic and the serial killer <laughs> finds him and just has like a conversation with him he wrote and that's a nice play because bendis wrote torso yeah yeah wasn't it yeah, yeah it was torso yeah that's a that's actually <laughs> it, that's that, actually great. There's like Master it has torso. A, it has like a lot of actually really great like cut deep cuts mm. to like horror films nice. and stuff. It's great. Huh. I am intrigued. I will learn more. Okay, there's a little sad news of course because uh, we can't go a week without losing somebody. Uh, Frank Serafin, uh, innovative sound designer for Star Trek: The Motion Picture and Tron was killed in a car accident in Palmdale, California at the age of 65. Uh, Serafin began his work as a musician in the late 1970s, hired along with his Colorado-based band to play the grand opening of Disneyland's Space Mountain at the Attractions Pavilion in 1977. His sound engineering career in Hollywood began in 1979 with Star Trek The Motion Picture. From there, he went on to a number of genre projects like John Carpenter's The Fog, Steven Lesberger's Tron, Douglas Trimble's Brainstorm, John Badham's Short Stir Circuit, and Stan Winston's Pumpkinhead, and also Barry Sonnenfeld's The Addams Family. He was also hired on subsequent sequels on some of these classics, Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, Short Circuit II, and Tron Legacy. As an accomplished composer and musician, Serafin worked on a number of famous music with a Worked with a number, not on a, with a number of famous musicians uh, such as Ravi Shankar, uh, George Harrison, Andy Summers, Peter Gabriel, and Don Cherry. Uh, also, we lost a uh, Peter Donat, a veteran film uh, of actor, film, TV, Broadway. Passed away at the age of ninety. Uh, while his career spanned more than six decades, genre fans will know him best as William Mulder, the father of Fox Mulder on the X Files. Character appeared in six episodes of the sci-fi series from 95 to 99. Over his long career, Dunat uh, appeared in shows such as Mannix, Nanat Nanat, uh, Charlie's Angels, and the original Mission Impossible TV series. Hmm. Tim Burton's Beetlejuice is officially coming to Broadway. According to the show's website... Uh, preview performances will begin in March of next year at the Winter Garden Theater, leading up to the public opening in April. First, the show will make its debut in Washington, D.C. at the National Theater this fall. Alex Brightman from School of Rock and Sophia Anna Caruso from Lazarus were recently cast as the roles of Beetlejuice and Lydia, <coughs> respectively. Beetlejuice is a co-production between Warner Brothers Theater Ventures and Langley Park Productions, is being directed by Alex Timbers, the Tony Award-winning uh, director behind shows such as Moulin Rouge and Peter and the Starcatcher. King Kong's Edie Prefect is handling the original score with a book by Scott Brown and Anthony King, the writer on Broad City. Uh, based on the 19, uh, 1988 horror comedy film of the same name, the show will revolve around teenager Lydia Dietz, who got a strange fascination with being dead. 
Uh, when she and her family move into a new house, she soon discovers it's haunted by a deceased couple with aid from the titular ghoul. Uh, Lydia will enlist the aid of said ghoul to scare away her parents. Uh, Beetlejuice's eventual pan involves exorcism, arranged marriages, and an adorable Girl Scout who gets scared out of her wits, unquote. Uh, tickets for the DC shows are currently on sale and range in price from $54 to $114. So, Beetlejuice coming to a Broadway theater near you. Huh. Uh, yeah. No. Are you not feeling it? No. Well, it, no. It's I mean, it could work as a musical. It definitely worked better as a musical than just a standard stage play. Probably but, better than uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Well, that's, yeah. Probably pretty much anything will work better than Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. Turn Off the Dark. Uh, I really need to get me a t-shirt I, of that show. I don't know. I liked Beetlejuice, but I don't... I I don't per- personally get the whole cult following of the film. Like, why it is so popular with a certain sect of... Geekdom. I also tend but, to think uh, of Beetlejuice as like a it's a Michael Keaton thing. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's like and and he wasn't even really like the star of the film. Yeah. He was he was more of the side character that kind of came in and out of the th- main storyline because you have the uh the character of Lydia and her parents and then the uh the married couple that was Alec Baldwin and uh Gina Davis, yep, whose names yep. escape me right now, they were actually the main characters of yep. the whole film. So it's it's part of that cult of creativity of Tim Burton. Right, he's the guy mm-hmm. that made being gothic fun. Right, I I, I I can almost guarantee that more goths in my generation and just a little bit younger happened because of him. Right. In fact, mm-hmm. I guarantee it. That is probably why I'm more black than led my girlfriend around the fairground. Anyway. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> But no, we worshipped at the feet of Tim Burton back in those days. Uh, that in the feet of White World Wolf Gaming. But mm. yeah, between I mean, those two things, that that's the birth of Gotham in the nineties. I mean, it's an enjoyable film. I just, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it could work as a musical. I'm the same. I'm. I'm I same would be with on you. the fence until I see it. Quick fact check, Quagmire, the episode of X Files that had the lake monster, mm. was located in Georgia. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm. And also, quick fact check. Apparently, oh uh, Jesus, <laughs> Hen- uh, Henry right Cavill's now, agent ears are tingling. <laughs> has said Henry Cavill's uh, just came up on the Sci-Fi Wire here that uh, apparently Henry Cavill's agent has said to all the Twitter verse who went crazy over the announcement saying, "Be calm, the cape is still in his closet." And the Cavill put a very cryptic Instagram video up of hmm. him sitting in frame, and then rising a. Uh, Superman figuring into the frame and then lowering it out. Anyway, yeah, apparently so Cavill's they're trying gay? to say. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. It, you know what? It also could be a contract renegotiation tactic. On yeah, could be. Sides. It could also be Hollywood Reporter jumping too early. Like yeah. could be their exi- want to do. All we know is the DCEU is in a bit of a, yeah. a kerfuffle. Yeah. Right now, and so so Matt, could don't happen. you feel silly? Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Longtime 007 screenwriters Neil Purvis and Robert Wayne have been tapped by franchise keepers and productions to write the screenplay for Bond 25. Purvis and Wade have been involved in the last six Bond scripts, going back to the Pierce Brosnan era in 1999's The World Is Not Enough. 
They came up with a treatment for Bond 25 as well, but it was pushed aside when director Danny Boyle was brought on board to helm the movie. But now that Boyle has exited the project over creative differences, producers Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson have re-enlisted Purvis and Wade to turn their initial outline into a full-blown screenplay. Bond 25 still has an official release date of November 8th, 2019, despite uh. reports that say otherwise. Yeah, that's also kind of been a mess. I, I, yeah. I, I don't think I want another Bond movie from Wade and Purvis. I, I really don't. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the late end Brosnan stuff, don't get me wrong, The where they've gone in the last few has been much better than the late Brosnan stuff. I don't know. World is Not Enough is probably like solid Bron. That's Bronson, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah solid. yeah. solid. 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 So solid. Die Another Day was the was the, the horror <laughs> of, yeah. the, of yeah. the... He did four films, right? It was Goldeneye. Here we go again. Yep, yep. <laughs> World's I feel like enough. I've been here before. Well, no, it was GoldenEye, then Tomorrow Never Dies, then World Is Not Enough, and then uh, Die, Die Another Day. Day. Yeah. And the first two were pretty good. Dying Tomorrow Is Not Enough. <laughs> the last two. I can't uh, remember the last James Bond film I watched, so. I think I tried to make it through Casino, Casino Royale. Royale and what? Yeah. Tried? Yeah. The what? F- I mean, it's, a, it's a sick or something? It's a bit of a slog. The but beginning part. Uh, are I you talking st- about the Woody Allen one? What? No, no. I think no, I started it like real late one I, night. I, I, oh, Jesus, and Jeff. <laughs> taking you seriously. I think, <laughs> I think I started it real real late one night, and uh, the the beginning was so slow that I got sleepy, and then I went to sleep, and then I said I woke up the next day, and I was like, I don't remember liking the end, the beginning of that movie very much. I don't think I want to finish it, and I never did. Well, the Daniel Craig one, the, the Casino Royale. There's a lot going on in the mm. first half of the film, yeah. Because there's a lot of character development. He's not really Bond yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, if I remember correctly, they do the uh, the the barrel sight gag that they do at the beginning of most of the films at the very end of that oh, film. Okay. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It, whereas they, you know, kind of a reboot, and it's yeah, it, it's. I think it's it's a great Bond film. No, it's a, it's a really good film, but it's, it's a bit great. of a slog. That first hour, sure. The pacing is very slow because there's a lot of there's a lot of exposition going on there. There's a mm. lot of character introduction. The fact that they carry over uh, Judy Dench's M, mm. and you know, and she's basically setting up the character as okay. well. Okay. And oh. because it, they almost without outright saying it, it's like here's a new agent who is now taking on the Bond moniker okay. and is learning how to be mm. an MI6 agent. Because he's very raw and mm. in the very beginning of the film, and he's very physical as opposed to the finesse that you see later on in the other films. He's still pretty physical in the other films, yeah. But there's a couple of little, you know, like um, the bathroom fight. Yeah, oh. it was pretty brutal. Like four by four bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But uh, I, I like the little fight there, Matt. Because yeah. like there's there's a couple of little yeah. things like in that in fight the, wiggle. <laughs> in uh, um. The last one where the the crane rips off the back of the train and he jumps down and then he takes a minute to adjust his cufflinks and then walks in is like little hints like that. You're like, oh, okay, I see. He's now mm. moving into that more, you know, I'm comfortable as an agent and yeah, I'm starting okay. to get. But yeah, it's 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 a growing process that we didn't have with the other Bond films. Mm. He's growing into 
that, to 007. that agent, yeah, okay. as opposed to being thrown right in our faces. Right. Here's this suave, sophisticated yeah. secret agent that knows everything, and nobody's going to get the better of him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I should watch that movie. You never seen Casino Royale? No, I haven't. <sighs> wow. The, the only of the take a drink, everybody. <laughs> the only new Bond I've seen is Skyfall. I didn't see that one. Skyfall either. was tough. Skyfall you, was not great. You saw Sky. Yeah. What? <laughs> I know. You're just like, I'm going to go just see Skyfall. What? God. The, the only Pirates of the Caribbean movie I saw was the one with the mermaids, the fourth one. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> continuity in Pirates of the Caribbean is so much more. J- j- read. Skyfall is wait, so. T- wait, 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 wait. When has there ever been continuity in a James Bond series? Daniel Craig's! <laughs> Motherfucker! If you oh. watch Casino Royale, you'd know that. Yeah, well, the, there was there was some continuity, like um, uh, the one where uh, he has his wife and she gets killed, and then uh, they bring her. And up then they and bring then it up every. Yeah, now they bring and it then. up because the next movie is isn't that the one with uh, Timothy Dalton, uh, where Timothy Dalton has the chance to uh, license to kill? They mention it in. Um, yes. Yeah. In yeah. It has something to do. With, yeah. Anyway. So there's canonical precedent. Because it's when Felix Leiter gets married and his right. wife throws tries to throw the uh, the mm-hmm. garter to him and he says no and then she throws it at him anyway yeah and he just kind of he shoots you know, it, half smiles right? and okay. sticks it in his pocket and walks off somberly and and Felix goes yep. he was married once it yeah was something like that yeah that's long right. time ago it, 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 wasn't it on Her Majesty's Secret Service yes. the that's Lazenby. the one where uh, yeah where, where she got dies. married yeah. and she, then she got shot. Spoil alert for it's, us. It's one of the reasons that is one of my favorite Bond movies of all time because what a way to end a Bond movie. Yeah. Wow. No Bond movie. Underrated. Like that. Yeah, d- definitely an underrated Bond movie. Yeah. Jeff got me the action figure of. Yeah, I, gotta, I can't see from where I'm sitting. He's, so. he's still he's boxed. Here. Oh, okay. The only James Bond action figure I have is George Lazenby, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> well, you know what? That's enough news for now. Uh oh. Gentlemen, it's time for a little red light, green light. We uh, flew these uh, two gentlemen in, one from the East Coast, one from the West Coast. We need some help on these. These are some new pitches that we have on my desk for new shows. Uh, we got to figure out if we're going to do Red light. This. we got to watch the budget. <laughs> green light. We're Netflix. I like that. That's like an that. East Coaster like for that. you. Yeah. No, no, I love the positivity from this one. Uh, green light for Netflix. Green light yeah. for Netflix. Was that, uh, <laughs> was that on South Park? Hello, yeah. Hello, hello, hello Netflix. Your show is green light. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's the, uh, the the pitches here. So uh, I'll read the pitch, and then we'll decide uh, red light, green light. This is going to go forward. Again, these are all going forward, whether we green light or red light or not. We have no power. I have power. Yes. Have power. I have the power. All right. Uh, streaming service DC Universe has announced Stargirl, the series. Jeff Johns will both write and executive produce the show alongside executive producer Greg Berlanti. I put three R's in Greg. <laughs> Greg. <laughs> Greg. Greg. <laughs> wow. Who, Greg Berlanti, who will now have 15 ongoing TV series to his name. Jesus. Uh, the show is about Courtney Whitmore, whose mom gets remarried to Pat Dugan, and they move to Blue Valley, Nebraska. She learns that Pat Dugan used to be a member of the Justice Society of America, so she steals her stepfather's stuff and goes for a joyride. The series will be a reimagining of DC Comics' Justice Society. 
The Justice Society of America is a popular team of legacy heroes from DC Comics, and Johns went on to reveal that the character Stripe will also be included in the series. Uh, Patrick Dugan, a.k.a. Stripe, was first introduced by Jerry Siegel and Hal Sherman in 1941's Action Comics number 40. Uh, Dugan started as a crime fighter as an adult sidekick to the star-spangled kid. He then partnered up with his stepdaughter, Courtney Whitmore, a.k.a. Stargirl. He wears an armored suit called Stripe, which is loaded with a number of ballistic weapons and utilities and allows him to fly. Stargirl debuted in Stars and Stripe number 1 in 1999, created by Johns and artist Lee Motor. After joining the Justice Society of America, Courtney was given the cosmic staff of Jack Knight, that's Starman, and assumed the identity of Stargirl. Johns says... It's going to take the Stars and Stripe comic, the Justice Society comic, and merge it into one thing. And tonally, it's Spider-Man Homecoming and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, along with comic books. We're bringing a lot of that legacy stuff into it, a lot of stuff James Robinson did with Justice Society, unquote. Stargirl will launch as a 13-episode live-action drama and will debut on DC Universe sometime in 2019. Uh, gentlemen... Star Girl, the series, red light, green light. You know light. my stance on this: red light because another fucking streaming service. <laughs> yeah, red but light. At, at least DC Universe has the uh, the. This is totally unrelated to TV shows, but at least they have uh, comics on there as well that you can. But uh, still, a hard red. Yeah. Enough of this. All right. All right. For, so the streamer haters out. What about the rest of you? Uh, I give it a green light because honestly, Craig Berlanti at this point can do no wrong. Oh, wow. and, and Jeff Johns is involved too, and he's the creator of the series. So. Two good names. Yeah, two good so, names. Yeah, I mean the two of them together are responsible for all the CW DC stuff that I love. So, all right, and it seems with this DC extended universe stuff in the TV streaming version, uh, that seems to be away from this whole movie thing. It seems mm. to be more the people that are doing the animated series that are actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like the animated standalone movies, that sort of thing. Mm. So, eh, green light, why not? I'm I'm kind of off of all the CW shows right now, but eh, let them go ahead and do it. It's on their service, so uh, they got to produce some content to get people uh, for, yeah, green light. Go ahead. All yeah. right. How about you, West Coast? Just, uh, what you got? Yeah, I would green light it just because I had the discussion with someone else how Marvel has kind of taken more chances with weird because before ah. like with weird characters or like i remember iron man when iron man first came out he was like a d-list like avenger same with like the guardians like no one kind of gave crap they threw about. him on the west coast avengers for goodness sake well yeah exactly yeah so uh, i say green light because i've always said dc should take more chances with some of their more w weirder like maybe lesser known characters uh and honestly if that kind of leads into like a Another kind of justice society kind of deal. Throw it all on the wall. See yeah, what sticks. Exactly. Green light. Yeah, they've already introduced the Justice Society on yeah. Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. It, I mean, it was it was it was a throwback episode where they you know they went back in time and ran into them, but uh, it was still yeah. still a really well done. So. Yeah. How about you, Kay? Oh yeah, green light. <clears throat> the James Robinson Starman was an extraordinary run in comics. And the the pedigree of picking up Stargirl from that, uh, all of that stuff, yeah. That and you know, as Jeff said about Berlanti, it it's yeah. That's a, that's that's a no brainer. Even though I agree, more streaming shit. 
Yeah, but if you're going to have a streaming service, have some good things on it. And I, I like this whole throw things on the wall, see what sticks. Let's get Absolutely. weird. Absolutely. Let's get weird. Absolutely. Let's do it. They're going to have a Swamp Thing show. Let's have Stargirl yeah. on the other side with the whole Give Justice Society Give me Dr. Society Fate. Thing. Yep, Dr. Yes. Fate yes. would be great. Yes, please. Yep. All right, next one, guys. Red light, green light. This one, uh, Creep Show. Creep shows get made already. Into, <laughs> cream shows get made into a TV series. Shutter, the streaming service that specializes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even ask my opinion. You already know what it is. Okay. A streaming service that specializes in thriller and horror genres have given the thumbs up to a creep show TV show inspired by the 1982 film. The original film featured five original stories inspired by horror comics of the 1950s, such as EC Comics, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, you know them. Uh, like uh, the film, each episode is a new creep show series will tell original stories. will be directed by a different filmmaker. Makeup effects uh, specialist and Walking Dead executive producer Greg Nicotero is on board to direct the first episode and executive produce the series. Nicotero was mentored by makeup effects legend Tom Savini, the man behind the makeup effects of Romero's Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and of course the original Creepshow. Nicotero's company, KNB Effects Group, will handle the creature and makeup effects, and the new Creepshow series will debut on Shudder in 2019. Creepshow, the anthology series. Do we want to uh, resurrect this dinosaur into the modern era? I got a no from Mr. Canada. I... <laughs> uh, I will. I've always gone on record saying I love Shutter. Like I've met the guys at multiple conventions. Super chill, super cool, and I'm a big. I always pimp them on our channel all the time, just because for the price and what you're getting, it's really great. Uh, I don't know if I can put a light on this. I'm I'm interested because I thought it was gonna be like another like remake kind of deal, uh, and but the, here that's actually gonna be more a. <laughs> Like a, a series, right. all new stories. All new stories. I'll give it a timid green light. Like, all right, it's flickering. Well, why not? Let's see how it goes. A flickering green light. Yeah, that's yeah. a new one. I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go amber kind of light on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Oh, that's that, a, there's a missing kid in creep show. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, pretty much. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a. It sounds like a good idea, but uh, I, I don't know say. how it will. We've read like green light of a lot of horror anthology series in the last few months. Yeah, and this is another one. Yeah, and there's another one that's coming out. I don't know if it's on Shutter or a different one. It's a a longer version of that holidays one, where they're doing like twelve episodes. They're all different like horror versions of a holiday. Yeah, so you got a Valentine's Day, a Groundhog's yeah, Day, yeah, Arbor Day, Day yeah. probably. Uh, yeah. It's like a long. It's like a shorter. Hmm. Like a, a version where it's like they they uh, just do a whole episode on one particular holiday. And I, I think that's for Shudder as well. I will say there's not a lot of examples of successful modern no, horror I'm anthologies. Kinda, right. Yeah, I'm pretty tepid. I, I guess, yeah, I'll read it. I'm not. Hmm. Yeah, wow. I'm not sold. Wow. Jeff. Yeah, green light. Why not? <laughs> No, I just it, no, I you love know, your happy-go-lucky style. I I liked Creep Show. In fact, uh, I I may have told this story on the podcast before, but uh, back when I was a kid, when the first Creep Show came out, uh, my my mother didn't think it was a good idea for me to to see that film. But when we were visiting her parents in Michigan, and I got to go to the library by myself, 
I found the graphic novelization of the film. So I read that thing cover to cover. So I basically got to see the film before I ever saw the film. In the movies of the mind. It's it's amazing how close the comic was to the actual filmed elements. Like, I mean, they they did a, a spot-on job with some of the frames. Like, literally, it's like frame by frame out of the film. Um, in fact, there were, in fact, there were, I think there were a few things that were in the comic that weren't that didn't make it into the film, like got cut out or something. But uh, but yeah, that was that was my roundabout way of seeing it without seeing it and upsetting my mother. You subversive, you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, green light from Jeff. Kay. Uh Well, you like horror. I do. And I'm always promoting anthology series. I'd really like, you know, to see more get out there and more be successful. You know, uh, American Horror Story being one form of it, Black Mirror. And so it's like, let's, you know, uh, green light. All right. Yeah, it, American Horror is restarting pretty quick too, isn't it? I think it's already started. Is again. it? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it just started this last week, and it's a, a has characters from earlier seasons. Yeah, so I was going to say, isn't it like a together. compilation of like oh. something like that? Like yeah, they're like, combining all the. That's that's just. It's creative. an inter- It's an interesting, uh, yeah. an intriguing um, like setup because just what I've little bits I've seen on the uh, commercials, and I'm like, oh wait, isn't that character somebody that like had died in a previous season or something like that so i don't know i've missed some series i can't watch this because i haven't seen some of those seasons don't don't uh but uh going back to creep show yeah i'm gonna green like this i like the original creep show i like the anthology series i'd like to see this as an homage and shudder as people that knows horror when it comes down to it that's 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 what they do uh and i would like to see a show on that service that brings people to that service because as you said justin it's a good, inexpensive streaming service. Yeah. I realize there are uh, hundreds of them out there now, and each of them can take a bite out of your pocketbook. Yeah, uh, there's like uh, at least three other ones, but Shutter's the kind of like the one I usually kind of gravitate to, just because. I I think the last movie I watched on there was Society, and if you haven't seen that one, it's disgusting. Oh, it's very disgusting. Like, don't eat anything with like yeah. like liquid base. Just don't. Oh, yeah. Okay. But it's it's still like I, I must watch society. But like but like that's the only place I could see it at that time because there was like no place around that had the movie. So it's a good place to go for like older horror films that like where we lived on the East Coast you couldn't really find, and mm. unless you ordered them offline. And we're just like ah oh, screw that. And if if you want to dip your toe into some of these services, uh, a lot of them if you are a part of Amazon Prime. They have those as channels that you can kind of jump on and off of at your leisure. Yeah. You usually get like a week or two for free. Usually it's yeah. a week. And then you pay the seven ninety nine a month. You enjoy it for the month and you've seen what you've seen. Then stop it. You can just hit the button and unsubscribe to it on the Prime thing. So it makes it right. easy to, yeah. to go on to a subscription service and go away from it when you're done with it. And go back when... Unless the, you're Jeff and forget about CBS All Access, but... yeah. God damn it. Single-handedly. And also CBS All Access. <laughs> Single-handedly. Saving Discovery. <laughs> yeah, my, my three months of, <laughs> of All Access. It's your fault. <laughs> is what saved it. <laughs> and I will say CBS All Access is now part of that Amazon Prime thing. Yeah. So you can oh, of course it is. Using that. Yeah, of course. Of course yeah. it is. So, so they're, they're getting them all. I wouldn't be surprised if DC Universe goes on there. 
All right, all right. So it's a green light across the board, except from this guy and this guy here. Two, yep. uh, two reds. <laughs> That's right. Across the board, except for except for the two mats. <laughs> yep. Uh, two broke mats are out. All right. Sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's here's the next one. Uh, Netflix. This is the Netflix. Green one. light. Has ordered ten episodes of Daybreak, a new dark comedy based on Brian Ralph's post-apocalyptic graphic novel of the same name. Aaron Eli Colliet from Star Trek Discovery Heroes is attached to executive produce and show run with Brad Payton from Rampage set to direct and executive produce <laughs> along with Jeff Pearson. A daybreak centers on Josh, a 17-year-old high school outcast searching for his missing girlfriend Sam in a post-apocalyptic Glendale, California. He's joined by a group of misfits that includes a pyromaniac 12-year-old Angelica and Josh's former high school bully turned pacifist samurai Wesley. Yeah, you heard me right. So now Josh is trying to stay alive while battling and escaping the horde of Mad Max-style gangs of evil jocks and cheerleaders turned Amazon warriors, uh, zombie-like monsters called ghoulies, and whatever else could thrown his way. Coliette also developed and serves as executive producer for the new version of Lock and Key, another graphic novel adaptation picked up by Netflix with showrunners Carlton Coos and uh, Meredith Avril. So, here we go. What do you think of Daybreak? <laughs> That's a red light. Red, red oh, light. Wow, there's some passion in that. And that was a red once you re- uh, read who's behind it, because Rampage <laughs> is shit. Oh. Um... What else was... See, I already forgot. Red. <laughs> see, what else was shit that was on there? Uh, Star Trek Discovery and Heroes, uh, yeah, that person? Red, uh, red, right there. Wow. He saw red. Green light. Green light from K. As soon as people go post-apoc... There are two ways. Yeah, but it's also got some of your least favorite stuff, Kirsten. It focuses on kids. The kids are the... Uh, it the, sounds like a humorous take on it. It's though. a humorous take, yeah. and it sounds kind of high school. So I'm, I'm all right. Okay. I, I, I don't like the kid stuff. I know what you're saying, but the whole jocks and, and cheerleaders becoming Amazon warriors and the Mad Max thing, that, that actually sounds uh, that actually sounds cool. And as soon as you go post apocalyptic Mad Max style, it's like if you do that it's or l- Gamma it's World it's over the I top. Like. Uh n- well no, the just the, the overall aesthetic the idea, ah. you know, um, uh, the the well, I guess you could say over the top. The f- the the cultures that form, you know, so many post-apocalyptic stories try to go serious, and it's about trying to preserve what we had, and oh, we gotta, you know, we gotta be civilized, as opposed to Mad Max, which is just like fucking this is gonna go fucking berserk. <laughs> This the is crazy shit. The kind of tribalism that occurs. Yeah, in tribal. It, yeah. You know, cheerleaders becoming Amazon warriors. Uh, come on, that's yeah. <laughs> I, let's do that. I gotta, I gotta side with K on this one. I think that's. Well, I don't uh, care what you say. I don't <laughs> care who you side with. I'm still doing red light. Okay, side with him all you want, but it's on, but it's on Netflix. <laughs> On so Netflix. there's Netflix. only like 35 good movies on Netflix. Netflix isn't isn't as good as it I'm used to be. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm expressing my opinion now. So fuck you. <laughs> I like this boardroom. Uh, no, I, I it it sounds like it sounds like it's gonna be a silly over the top 
post-apocalyptic yeah. take, which I don't have a problem with because you know, so, like like you said, sometimes those post post-apocalyptic stories they start taking themselves way too seriously. They they get way too grim and dark and just Netflix just, brings you the road. Yeah, the series. So I mean, there's just. You know, there's like no levity. That's that's kind of like the breaking point with me with Walking Dead. It's just like there's there's no hope. Everything is just downhill, 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 downhill. And at a certain point, you're just like, I can't emotionally take this anymore. But you know, making it silly, making it over the top, adding in some. Now sounds like there's going to be some comedy added into it. That I can get behind. Matt, and Matt, uh, you said you Matt read. Red, I said red. He did red. a passionate red. So Justin's the Justin's breaker. Just, uh, you know. I actually am going red. Red on this. Motherfucker! Uh, I'm sorry. It lost me at Bully becoming pacifist samurai. Oh, come on! That's <laughs> wonderful! That, I'm just like, oh, that hell what, no. What? Hell yes! That's awesome! I know. Here's the thing. I know I'm going to watch it. Like, it's going to come out, and I'm going to be like, why i'm just gonna i'm probably gonna eat these words he's gonna like, hate watch it he's like i'm fucking stupid exactly show. and then i'm gonna binge <laughs> the whole like, thing like, you'll binge the whole thing and like i kind of like yeah, it. yeah exactly that's yeah. And then you'll probably be, it's gonna and happen. then you'll be pissed because you liked it you'll be like god damn it that was actually pretty it, good exactly Motherfucker. It, well like when <laughs> the way it was described um a friend of a friend of mine uh who i do some atomic geekdom and do cons with she loves this kind of stuff Okay. Oh, but her and I butt heads on these things all the time. Like, if she likes it, I I don't do not like it. Like, it just always turns out that way. And mm. this is something I see her liking and mm. me going, yeah, no, and then just us fighting all the time. Oh. Okay. So okay, we had three reds, two greens. What was your take, Torgo? I have to say, I was completely sold by the sentence. Um, Bully turned past for cinema. Oh, yes! oh no! <laughs> so yeah! it's, it's a tie. That means we have yeah. to show, throw it to the lair, right? This one's going to the lair. All right, lair. The lair. Don't you fuckers disappoint me. Daybreak. Don't worry about this guy. <laughs> he was pointing at me, heart. viewers. I will read Do it one right more thing. time. Daybreak centers on Josh, a 17-year-old high school outcast searching for his missing girlfriend, Sam, in post-apocalyptic Glendale, California. Joined by a group of misfits that includes a pyromaniac 12-year-old Angelica, Josh's former high school bully-turned-pacifist samurai, Wesley. <laughs> now Josh is trying to stay alive while battling and escaping a horde of Mad Max-style gangs as evil jocks and cheerleaders turn Amazon warriors, zombie-like monsters called ghoulies, and whatever else gets thrown in You know what this way. is? Do you guys got room on your podcast? I think I'm going to switch. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Come, <laughs> sure, on, come over. on over. Uh, <laughs> come on. We'll Justin, Skype you next time. Justin, <laughs> you saw the pain on on maple syrup Matt's face. I did. You've got, you got to give it a green oh. just knowing that that pain Everything is about that just was just not. <laughs> God damn it. Everything about no. that. This is killing me. I'm like, everything about this is fun. This is cool. Oh, man. <laughs> Trust me, when this air, when this show airs, we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> now and we have to. Yeah, like, we're, we're, we're <laughs> fucking pot committed at this point to yeah. have to watch this show no matter what. At least what. watch the first episode. Like you and I watched the first episode, and yeah. then we'll just do on that. Okay. If sure. there was some way to Skype, it'd be funny. <laughs> we all get together yeah. and live. Live cast, live watching cast it, it and yeah. commenting oh, wow. on it. 
and we would have to have a matte oh cam. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a Matt cam. No, no, no. The other Matt. Oh, definitely a Matt <laughs> cam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a Matt cam. Yeah. What's your Matt cam? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And I want to thank the two broke geeks for joining us on this Geek Shock. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Rockin' having you. Yeah. And until next week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. The Ace of Knaves. And me. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week in Geek Gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your stay in Vegas. Thanks. Yeah, thank will. you so much. What you doing tomorrow? Void. Maybe. Maybe the Going void. to comic shops. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yep. yeah okay. Pinball Hall of Fame, maybe. Oh, very important. Oh. Piff the Magic Dragon. Very important as well. Yep. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's going to be a fun day. Just kind of. Orgasm 08. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, isn't it still like under construction downtown? Uh. Oh, it isn't open yet. Nerdgasms. I don't. I don't think it's open yet. It we might go be. to the Millennium Fandom Bar. <laughs> you could. You should. You should actually check it out. <laughs> I've never been. So maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Take too, an Uber up there. Too bad Andy's not here it's to show you far. around. Yeah. yeah right? I. I know Andy would like pick you up and drive you up there just to take you there. Yeah, if you probably. Like, it's cheers. Is that like a Star Wars bar. Or what, what it's, is it? uh, it's a geek, it's a geek bar. Oh, it's kind of so. It's kind of like the one I we have the the uh, Scum Cantina. No, not that themed. I don't believe. Yeah, it's not. It's not specifically themed. The owner, Alex, uh, is a big, big nerd, big geek, and he wanted a uh, a social location for Vegas geeks. It's Uh, very mixed geekdom. Yeah, it's very mixed. Uh, His displays are a whole bunch of mixed things, (laughs) and he does tremendous outreach to the community having people come together for parties and for uh, contests and stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. So that's where uh, the Star Trek, the experience people, where we did our 20th anniversary get together. Oh, cool. All right. So, so it's, 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 and it, it, as Andy would point out, it's got games that you can even pull off the shelf and play. So, mm. and if you're hungry, right beside it, it's a place called The Good Witch very good sandwich oh, yeah all right yeah. yeah they do have good sandwiches. yeah it's it's yeah you should try you should try it at least once i i think for geeks it should be a vegas rite of passage yeah the sandwich shops are good so yeah rite yeah. of passage oh. the sandwich shop <laughs> yeah <Yep. laughs>